Hi, everybody. Welcome to City Girls Pod. And this is a show where we're talking about sex in the city. And we are finished with season four after today's episode. Can you believe it, Jax? Rachel, I've had so much fun doing this with you. I can't wait for more fun. I'm excited to go back and do Carrie Diaries. I'm excited for more just like that. This has been such an adventure. Yeah. And are you surviving this like heat wave? Ooh. Is it a million degrees there in New York City? <laughs> it is. It is. When you walk outside, it's not even the temperature, but the humidity that it's just yeah. like you're yeah. walking through like pea soup. Um, so yes, it is. It is <laughs> hot, hot, hot right now. I'm very grateful for air conditioning. Yeah. You're like, what? How did I end up in Orlando? <laughs> Crazy. It feels like it. <laughs> Yeah. So this, I think season four, I think Bree said the season four was her favorite, uh, season. And I, I think I will agree with that. And, uh, and so these last three episodes really ended off a very strong season. Well, yeah, I think that they really got into their groove as far as realizing that the friendship between all the women is what elevates the show. And, I also feel like this is the season that has the most iconic episodes. Yeah, I think so. I really do. I think that uh, a lot of the moments that uh, people remember from uh, from Sex and the City are in these uh, in this season, yeah. and in particularly in these last like six seven episodes. Yeah, I was in my feelings pretty hard. <laughs> yeah, me too. Uh, so it starts out with, with Aiden moving out and this one's called, uh, this episode 16 ring a ding, ding <laughs> and Aiden moving out and he helps her fix her toilet. And then, uh, Carrie wants to get back the ring and they kind of, you know, fight about that, but there's an eviction order waiting for her. He leaves behind. I have to say. I remember the first time I saw this and even when I rewatched it this time, it's so delicious to me the way Carrie's like, I'm sitting down to read the goodbye letter. And then it's just the eviction notice. And I just cackled because yes, I love Carrie, but also she had this coming. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting that she's the only one out of the four women that doesn't actually own her apartment. Yeah, I found that surprising too, especially because as she points out, and it's still true, a lot of New York is renters. Um, and I mean, Carrie does not have enough money in her checking or savings account to sustain owning an apartment. Well, I mean, why would you buy a place if you're only paying $750 a month because you have a rent controlled apartment in New York City? I mean, $750, that's like nothing. <laughs> yeah. That's like your parking and, space at some of these places, literally. And that's why I think it's, I mean, I remember when I first moved to New York, I was living with a bunch of people and I was paying 500 a month in rent. And that's why I lived there for six years. But, um, <laughs> I think it's so interesting, this situation that she got herself in with Aiden, because, you know, her building goes co-op they buy the other apartment, it's all happening. And then they break up after they've just made this huge financial commitment. To yeah. Them. Yeah. Well, then we have the, uh, like you said, she goes to the bank and it turns out she has $700 in her checking and $957 in her savings. 
So that's pretty small. I remember the first time I watched this being like, well, that doesn't sound so bad. I mean, especially if you're, if you're thinking about New York city. Yes. You could literally spend this much just for dinner. In some places in New York city. Oh, 100%. (laughs) And I think it's pretty terrifying though, when she realizes that she has $40,000 worth of shoes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that adds up and she's looking at these apartments and they have no closet space because closet space is a very hard to find if there's even a closet at all. Yeah. Uh, for a long time, Alex and I shared the teeniest, tiniest baby closet and people would be like, I cannot believe you both fit your clothes in there. And I was like, well, I just got rid of a lot of it. Yeah. It's just, <laughs> yeah, that's the thing about uh, you can have these tiny, tiny apartments in New York because you're really not in it very much. You're out doing stuff. You're, you know, uh, my aunt, uh, lived, uh, in the West side, really close to Lincoln center prime real estate. Uh, and she had, I don't know if there were four or five girls in this one bedroom apartment with bunk beds and the whole thing. I mean, just tiny, absolutely tiny with basically like a kitchen that was more like a, um, like a bar setup, almost, you know, kind of a mini bar setup in a grill kitchen. I mean, it was small, but it worked because you really weren't in your, I think she wasn't really in her apartment very much. Yeah. And why not? Especially when you have such prime real estate like that. I mean, I would have taken that opportunity in a heartbeat when I first moved to New York. Yeah. Yeah. It was great for, uh, that's why I went to New York twice in 2006 because I had somewhere to stay. Somewhere amazing too. Yeah. I mean, it makes your whole trip so much cheaper if you have somewhere to stay. Because hotels in New York are so expensive too. Oh yeah. So expensive. Uh, So Charlotte's trying to find a job. She's still wearing the wedding ring. And uh, basically the girls are all sitting there uh, talking and Miranda offers to give Carrie a loan. Samantha offers to give Carrie a loan but Charlotte doesn't. And then they have this fight about, uh, you know, Charlotte says money and friendship don't mix. And, uh, and, Sher- and Carrie says, well, you didn't even, you act, you, you didn't even like pretend, put up a false pretense or anything like that. Does Carrie have a point you think? Or- um, this conversation made me very uncomfortable mm-hmm. because I think that Carrie has an odd sense of entitlement and Charlotte has an odd thing going on with the amount of privilege she she has that she's not willing to give up any of that for a friend. I think for me, if I was Charlotte, I would want to help my friend. And if I was Carrie, I would never think about making a friend feel bad for not wanting to help me. What did you think about that? This whole situation? Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, and Charlotte says, it's not my job to fix your finances. Uh, and, and then Carrie says, well, you're not even doing a real job. You're volunteering, you know, kind of a thing. So it's a pretty ugly moment for the two of them. And I, I think that, that, I, that Charlotte is pretty judgy, but then Carrie's being pretty unreasonable. I mean, she's an adult. It's not her child. It's not you know, whatever. And, uh, so I don't know, it's just an, it's an uncomfortable moment. I agree with you. 
Yeah, I like the interaction much more where Miranda offers and then Carrie's like, no, you're having a baby. No way. Like that's the kind of friendship dynamic you want that someone would offer it, but the the other person wouldn't take it, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, especially when you're talking about this is a lot of money, you know, like it'd be one thing if I was kind of hanging out with my friends and I don't know, needed 50 bucks to, or something like that, you know, it's just something small. This is thousands of dollars that, uh, that they're expecting in order for her to get this loan. Yeah. And, and, and she does have things that she could sell. Like we talked about the 40 K in shoes and the, the apartment that Carrie looks at is $2,800 a month. Uh, and without any real closet space, uh, yeah. that seems actually pretty reasonable. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yes. Also, I just want to say, I think it would have been fine if she would have taken the money from big. I agree. He's put her, do, oh, do you? I was yeah. really curious because he's put her through a lot. I don't feel like she owes him anything, even if she does. I mean, she would have to pay him back, but I don't think she's like beholden to him for anything. Like he's got a ton of money, whatever. Well, especially because it's not a real sacrifice to him. Not that she wouldn't want to pay him back, but I don't know. I just feel like he's never, he's never going to be a person who's going to like hold that over her head or be weird about it. So given his relationship with money and his wealth, I just feel like it's, it's not like 30 K to him is like, I don't know, like a trip to Paris, probably 30 K. You know, it's oh, just yeah. not something that's like this major thing, which it would be to everybody else, probably. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, we find out in this, do we find out in this episode the biggest movie or is it next one? Um, I think it's in the next one. Okay. One. Yeah. Okay. Um, so we have also Samantha getting gifts from Richard with notes like sexy for sexy, all the best, Richard. <laughs> This was funny, I thought. I thought it was great. I was chuckling at this whole plot line. (laughs) I don't know why it is that men seem incapable of writing notes. Like, why is that a feminine thing? Why is that female? I don't know. I think it's like the whole like emotionally intelligent thing that we're able to express ourselves very often a little bit more. I mean- Am I, I don't, I mean, my dad, every once in a while, he's written me a note, but uh, most of the time it's a, uh, it's just him signing his name and my mom writing. And this is the same way with both of my grandparents. <laughs> it's like the women are just like <laughs> trippingly off the tongue, all these like great words. Yeah. If you get a guy who will actually write a note, keep him as a keep keeper. Keep yeah. Him. I mean, I was saying the other day that, I mean, I think that's part of the reason why Jane Austen books are so timeless is there's nobody writes a letter like a Jane Austen dude. Oh, never <laughs> has. Yeah. That was actually really, really funny thing that happened. So I, I, I on my trip to Bear Lake, I was wanting to call my dad to tell him how great this place was that I was staying at. I knew he would love it. So I called and for some reason it didn't have the phone ID or whatever. Oh. And he didn't know that I was going up to Bear Lake, even though I had told him. And he answers the phone and he's like, who is this? 
it's <laughs> like it's me dad and uh, he was like you've got the wrong dad it's me dad i'm like i'm at the lake and and i want to tell you about this place and then he's like my, none of my kids are at the lake <laughs> that's so, so funny i'm like wow i guess you don't recognize my voice he's like all my kids are accounted for you don't chat on the phone enough evidently i don't know it was so funny I was like, <laughs> you got the wrong dad wrong dad i'm not your dad <laughs> anyway that's, that's so really cute. funny yeah. Uh, so I, they also go out to Chinese, Carrie gets Chinese, but she gets no fortune, which we should talk about it because the fortune cookie makers of America are letting us all down because not only do you sometimes not get a fortune, but they're usually just like motivational sayings. They're not even real fortunes. They stopped doing fortunes. I don't know what happened. I feel like there was a turning point maybe like 10 years ago when they stopped being fortunes. And now it's just like you said, they're just like motivational sayings. Yeah. It's like, like keep okay. going, don't give up. You're like, what? I mean, I guess it's good to hear, but not what I was looking for. I'm like, how, low I do you, how low do you have to be if you get that needed jump from... Like, all right, I, I was gonna give up, but yeah. now that's right. I unwrapped a dove chocolate with a nice <laughs> and I got my fortune cookie. Uh yeah. Um, uh, so yeah, then we have uh we find out that Richard has this personal shopper. And uh that was funny. This personal shopper, he's the one doing the notes. Uh, <laughs> uh, I love and how so, manipulated that situation. Yeah. Like, okay, put love, and then Richard's like, "All right." Yeah, gorgeous for gorgeous, love Richard. <laughs> but then Samantha ruins it because she's just gotten him to say love, and then now she can't say it back. Uh, she's such you a know mess. What? She, God love her. She's trying. She's really trying, but she's still not quite ready to be in a relationship. No. Well, and so then we also have Steve being adorable as usual. This, these episodes with Steve, <laughs> I just cannot. Yeah. yeah. And Miranda's like, nobody would want to be with me. And Steve says, I, I will. I'd like to be and, with you. And he proves it. Yeah, he does. It was so sweet. Uh, and uh, and so Charlotte says, I, I, I haven't wanted to let go of being Mrs. Trey McDougal. And so she offers to Carrie to take the ring. And I looked it up just out of curiosity. Yes. So a two carat Tiffany solitaire will run between 14 K and 47 K according to their website. Which makes sense that Charlotte's would be on the higher end of that. Yeah. Cause like, I guess probably the cut and clarity and all that was like really, really good. Yeah. So. I mean, anything from from Tiffany's is going to be super nice, yeah. but, um, but yeah, so it'd be somewhere in that probably, yeah, towards the higher range till the thirties and forties, that kind of a thing, certainly enough for her down payment. Yeah. And I thought this was just such a lovely gesture also because it's not like it's cutting into Charlotte's money or savings. She's using something that was special to her, but then became like kind of a point of like reminding her of 
the pain that she endured and she's putting mm-hmm. it towards something really beautiful. Yeah. And then Carrie is getting $4 and 50 cents a word from Vogue. Feels like a, is that a lot? My of time has changed because there is no way they're getting that now. I'll tell you that right now. Okay, That is a lot, right? It felt like a, a lot. lot. Okay. And she's acting like it's nothing. Uh, $4.50 a word <clears throat> would be very high. I recently saw a, uh, um, an ad, a, a Twitter post or whatever, looking for submissions, uh, from a fairly, I forget what the publication was, but it was like a fairly well-known, uh, organization and they were offering $20 for the, for each article, 20 bucks. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh. I, I thought you meant a word. I was like, no. <laughs> okay, cool. Cool. Yeah. I mean, this would be for a, uh, for a, uh, for 500 word article it would be over $2,000. Holy moly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I, I've never been paid. I mean, I've had several articles published in the desert news. So, you know, local statewide newspaper here, and, uh, I got paid $75 for both of those. I mean, a lot of times they try to get you to work for free. Frankly, I, I feel grateful when I get paid anything. (laughs) And I know that's movie review, movie criticism is different than like op-eds and things like that. Maybe are a little bit more, but there's no way they're 450 a word. I can tell you that no way. Nope. Especially with the way journal. I mean, and maybe it was different than too, like with magazines and like journalism then, but that is, a, that seemed like a lot of money to me. Yeah. Yeah. So things have changed. So that's basically the end is Charlotte. I feel like sometimes we get a little too much of Charlotte apologizing for like things that are fairly understandable. Like it, maybe she can kind of be a little bit mean and judgy at certain spots. Like when she, she, you know, she apologized to Miranda. She apologized. Just seems like that's a, like, rarely do we ever see anybody apologizing to Charlotte. That's a really good point, Rachel, because all of them do plenty of things that they should apologize for. You think about Miranda, Miranda's pretty judgy too. Mm -hmm. Um, she doesn't, she rarely apologizes. Samantha is not as judgmental, but she's not always there to be the best friend and confidant that you would love like as an emotional support so yeah it's interesting that charlotte always is the one seemingly getting this anxiety and needing to apologize yeah because you think about samantha and charlotte's brother like yes charlotte shouldn't have said what she said but she also shouldn't have done that in charlotte's home you know and you never hear the uh, flip side of the apology but uh but yeah i guess it's pretty easy to Charlotte being kind of more shy and reserved, I think of the four, um, it's easier to make her kind of the fallout character on a lot of conflict. Absolutely. And sometimes I get the feeling when I'm watching it, that the writers related to Charlotte the least. Yeah, I think that's true. Yeah. When we talked about it and just like that, that she is, she's the best character of the, of the whole show. 100%. She's the, she's the most like she's the most flawed. She's the most interesting. She's the most loyal uh, person. And as far as where you see Charlotte and just like that, you believe that it's the same character. Yeah, that yeah, yeah. 
but like you said, she's evolved and she's going through a lot of things, but it hasn't like sometimes watching what Miranda does. I'm like, what is even happening? Yeah. Yeah. You're right. That's absolutely true. Um, I liked the fashion in this episode quite a bit, particularly the scene where they're walking outside with all the fans. They're super hot. Um, I liked all of the looks that they had there. Charlotte's wearing a green and white dress, halter top dress. Samantha's wearing a, um, a shoulderless dress. I mean, what it's white and then blue at the bottom. Um, and she had like a, a big necklace. Um, and then Carrie is wearing, it's like more of like a bohemian kind of a look with a pink and white uh, top and a kind of flowy white skirt that looked really good. And then Miranda's wearing a pink dress. Yeah, I feel like this latter half of season four, the fashion really is on fire. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, what would you give this episode one to 10? I really like this one. Like I thought some of the, iconic lines that we think about too, like the, the line about um, how can we have to take the bus when you're on the bus? Like all these things that I think about when I think about sex in the city, I would give this one an 8.9 actually. I really mm-hmm. liked it. Yeah. I'll give it an eight. It was, a, it was a pretty good one. Uh, Carrie kind of drove me crazy in it, but other than that, <laughs> I will not disagree with that. She definitely, she still drives me nuts, but Rachel, at this point, I'm like, this is just like my baseline for Carrie now is that sometimes I want to throttle her. <laughs> yeah. We'd like to take a second and thank our sponsor for this episode of the podcast. It's the Hallmarkies merch store. Are you looking for that perfect gift for the postable Hardy or Hallmarkie in your life? What about getting that t-shirt or hoodie that will help you stand out at your next holiday party? Now is the time to check out the Hallmarkies merch store. Full of festive designs by artists like Jessica Miller, Carrie from Hallmark Comics, and more. You can even have more than just shirts, but totes, cell phone cases, notebooks, mugs, and more. And it isn't just Hallmark. We have designs for Anna Green Gables, Man from Snowy River, The Nanny, and more. Every purchase at the merch store goes to help support the podcast and allows us to make the great content you know and love. There are frequent sales, so go to tpublic.com slash stores slash hallmarkies or see the link in the description. That's tpublic.com slash stores slash hallmarkies. Episode 17 is called A Vogue Idea. And so we have her. She has a new due, new mortgage, new job for Carrie. So she's actually bought the place. So that's exciting. And, uh, she has this new job at Vogue and are we supposed to assume that she's, she's still writing her column and working for Vogue? So this is what I assumed, but what were you thinking? Um, I, that, yeah, I think she's still writing her column, right? Yeah. Cause I feel like this was just like to supplement her income. Yeah. Yeah. It's like free. She's just like a freelancer. Yeah. These days. And, uh, she has a new editor. Uh, named Eden, uh, played by Candace Bergen. And I love this casting. I love her character. She doesn't like Carrie's article. She has it just completely red, red inked all over. Uh, not uh, Vogue. It's just not Vogue. Yeah. She says, no one cares about your agenda. I care about designers. Wants, she wants less Carrie Bradshaw and more Carrie this bag with these shoes. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And I feel like that word agenda means is more like loaded now than it would have been then. Yes. I no. think you're exactly right. I think then it was just like, she doesn't need Carrie's hot take on everything. 
yeah i don't think that that's she's saying like don't have your uh your political agenda i don't think that's what she's talking about there no, no. yeah and uh and she says that your articles your article put in style where sex used to be which is interesting <laughs> and, it, and it is a humbling experience to work on something submit it to editors and yeah i get back a lot of critiques and i mean because every week i write for uh the company blog that i work for it's one of my parts of my job is i uh is i write this this piece for uh it's a company that uh it's called zims that makes uh <clears throat> that makes like it's kind of like bengay type products oh yeah 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 and so i write a lot of articles about like fitness and and things like that and sometimes i I think I will have done a pretty good job. And then it has to go through like several, uh, several, uh, people have to approve it and it can come back with a lot of, <laughs> uh, cause there's all these things that I don't even consider. There's like these legal things. Oh, we can't say that. We can't say this. We can't do that. And, uh, and so I've, uh, you learn to sort of write for the people that you're, uh, that you're submitting for. And I, so I have gotten better since they went through the pro- approval per- process, but, but, uh, normally I just, I'm my own editor. So <laughs> it's an interesting experience. Also, since I've been writing for Utah theater bloggers association, uh, that's been also a really learning experience because the way that you're kind of like with Carrie with this, the way that I have to write to review theater is very different than the way that I write for film. You think they would be the same, but they're not. And I I learned quickly that they wanted way more details in writing for theater than they want for writing for film, because for film, everybody's so petrified of spoiler alert. They don't want spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. And so for theater though, they actually want those details. They want to know how did so-and-so sing, bring him home? How did so-and-so, you know, how was the Annie in, in, uh, uh, in, uh, the sun will come out tomorrow. You know, they want to know these specific details that usually you don't want in a film review and so that's been an interesting experience in working with the editors and uh just little things like i didn't realize how often in my writing i said so and so did a good job and he's like start stop saying that all the time (laughs) and i get it i mean that's not the most interesting way to say like i could be more nuanced and, and explain why i think that they did a good job but it's just stuff you don't realize. I, I can understand Carrie's experience here that you don't even realize until you have an editor saying like, this isn't right. This isn't right for us. Yeah, especially because she's been writing her column for so long and it's been her voice and her perspective mm-hmm. solely for so long. Yeah. Well, and so we have this guy, Julian, and I was really bummed because I thought he was such a good character that I don't know why they had to end it the way that they did. I wish he could have yeah. just ended being a cool character. Yeah, it's always interesting sometimes when they like decide to flip this in Sex and the City where you're like, it's not really necessary that they do that. Yeah. And so Carrie ends up, evidently she's a weak drunk. She gets, she gets one martini and she's pretty sloshed. We didn't know this. <laughs> she is very, very skinny. So it's true. Yeah. Doesn't she say she's a size two in this? Yeah. And I mean, to be <laughs> honest, she looks even tinier than yeah that. she says i didn't eat breakfast and i was size two drunk <laughs> that vogue <laughs> drunk at vogue baby 
Uh, I love Miranda in this episode. This was a really good one for her. And she says, why isn't there a store called, this is the crib for you. And they have just one great crib and they deliver and assemble it and you help and help you raise your child. (laughs) I mean, she's got a point. Sometimes things with, whether it's childcare or like planning a wedding or just these like life moments, they're unnecessarily complicated Mm -hmm. by all the bells and whistles of people trying to get in on like the capitalism of it all. Yeah, well here, there's this thing called the paradox of choice. It's really interesting. I'll have to say, I did a whole article on it, but the paradox of choice is that we think that having more choices is going to make us happier. But if you use the analogy of, if you're only given the option of chicken or fish, you're going to be happy probably with chicken or fish. But if you're given like a cheesecake factory menu with 500 choices, all of a sudden you have all this FOMO and you, you can't, where you would have been perfectly happy with chicken or fish. Now all of a sudden you, you're just kind of not happy with anything. And it's overwhelming mm-hmm. to have that many choices. I mean, think about just media. There used to be what, four or five channels. And now like everyone has their channel. Everyone has their content, which is a good thing, but on the negative, like, I can't tell you how many times people have told me, Oh, you got to watch this. You got to watch this daily. I get somebody saying, you got to watch this. You got to watch this. And there's just not enough hours in the day to watch all of the content that's out there now. It's impossible. And it's sometimes can be kind of, again, you got this FOMO that you're continually dealing with and I know the, the paradox of choice is, is, is very interesting and how so often in life, we like to narrow things down to basically two choices or four choices. Yeah. That's why we're like ranking videos and things like that are so popular because they, the human as humans, we have an innate desire to order things and sort things and, and make sense of it all. Yeah. Makes sense of the world around us because if you take it all in, it can be overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My only real problem with this, I thought the whole scene with Carrie getting drunk and everything was great. I love Candace Bergen. She was so good. I hated Carrie's suit in this scene. Oh yeah. I didn't so ugly. Yeah. I did not like it. It had, it, it, it had really tight, long sleeves, which was weird for that kind of suit coat. And then it had all the sort of mismatched lines all over and and then a weird collar. It wasn't like it was just a V-neck or something. It was like this weird asymmetrical box collar. It was yeah. with a weird collar. I I did not like it at it's all. It's like when Carrie, I think it was in the last episodes, how she like wore that belt over her stomach. Yeah. So like, where? Hey, where where are we doing this? I don't know. This, <laughs> the early 2000s were a weird point in fashion. I'm realizing that covering the show. Yeah. Uh, so Charlotte tells Miranda, if you have a baby shower, you'll be able to get all that stuff that you need, which is true. Yeah. But I also agree with Miranda that baby showers are the worst. The games, although I, I like figure sandwiches, but, but just the, it's just, I just, yeah. Baby showers are the worst. Yeah. I'm, I'm actually going to a baby shower this, no, in two weekend in two weeks for my cousin. And she was like, I'll never have one. And then her sister was like, please let's have one. So she was like, okay. But, um, yeah, I always end up, I'm super close to her. So I'm excited for that one, but I've been to ones where I don't know the people as well. And I end up feeling really uncomfortable. Yeah. It's just kind of weird. 
nightmare <laughs> situation. It's kind of awkward and the games are terrible. They should just make it, honestly, they should just make it kind of open house style. You go, you've got some good food there. You say hello to the parents, you give your gift and then you can leave. <laughs> yeah. yeah. In and out. Done. I've seen that happen more and more with with bridal showers, and I'm a big fan. Open house style. Yeah. Great idea. House in and out. Get your food. Get your plate. We're all good. Good. If I host a a bridal shower for you, that's what we'll do. (laughs) We'll just be like, hey, we're here talking about sex in the city, eating potato. Come one, come all. But Miranda says she wants fried chicken at the shower, and. Uh, you know, Charlotte's struggling with that. And you know, she wants to have it all a particular way. She wants to make it cute and babyfied and Charlotte kind of overwhelms Miranda. And I think that you have to, on one hand, Miranda, somebody is throwing you a party. So there's like, a, it's kind of like getting mad at somebody for, and you shouldn't get mad at somebody for throwing you a party. That's kind of weird. But on the other hand, Charlotte should want to make it a party that Miranda likes. She's so, just throwing the party for Miranda. I agree. And I think if Miranda would have been like ultra specific and super bossy about every little detail, but basically she was like, I don't want it to be too, like you said, baby fine. And I want some fried chicken. I think those are reasonable requests yeah. and you feed a pregnant woman, whatever she wants to eat. Yeah. And I mean, unless it's something that's dangerous for a baby. Right. Right. And, but it was funny when Miranda has the, the cigar, the duck with the cigar. That was really invite. That was funny. And so she does in the end have the fried chicken there. And I got emotional for that part. It was cute. It was cute. And then Charlotte crying when she sees that Miranda gets the baby, the Tiffany baby rattle. Cause that's what she wanted. And you do have a nice moment between Miranda and Charlotte when Charlotte's crying. That was another one when I, I teared up when Miranda realized that, um, that she actually is good at mothering, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Richard wants to be with this, uh, to be with Samantha and this woman, Vanessa for his birthday present. And so Samantha arranges it and then basically kicks her out. (laughs) Watching that girl, I mean, and she was very skinny. So her tiny little, well, her long skinny limbs were like flailing all over the place. So she was falling out of bed. I was like, is she going to be okay? (laughs) And then they say, by giving Richard what he thought he wanted, Samantha got what she wanted, monogamy. Yes. I mean, Richard did not want to be called daddy because he did not want to be reminded of how old he is. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> forgot, forgot about the daddy part. Yeah. So Carrie finishes the Vogue piece. So she got her $2,200. That's what she would get. Um, and I feel like 500 words is actually pretty small. I mean, yeah. like for my, uh, for this Utah Theater Bloggers Association, we're required 750 for each review. Oh my gosh. So 500 would be on kind of the small side. So 750 times four, I mean, I don't, I don't know math, but that would be a lot of money for those reviews if you were getting right. yeah. Yeah. like three grand. Yeah. Um, but then this woman like leaves her baby with Carrie. Oh, so that woman is 
my uh we used to teach at an acting studio together her name's Magalie Coleman she's so great oh really That's my so web funny. series we taught kids acting classes together and I did one of her films and I saw her and I was like oh my gosh it's Magalie but her baby was really cute but she just straight up and when the baby was like sliding off the chair I was laughing so hard like Miranda just talked but where did she head. go she was just in the bathroom for like forever I guess in the bathroom. Yeah, I think she went to the bathroom, but that's too long to be in the bathroom. And honestly, I'd probably take my baby. Yeah. Yeah. Or I don't know. I mean, give more instruction or something like just with a basic stranger. They don't even know. It's very weird. But I loved Carrie's dress. I mean, uh, it's a skirt in this scene. She has like this, this glittery, glittery rainbow skirt. It was so pretty. I loved it. And I loved the way her little midriff top looked. Uh-huh. It's really cute. Like I never wear midriff stuff, but, and I'm hit and miss if I, if I like the way it looks on other people, but I just thought this looked so darling on her. Yeah. It looked really good. And I just, that skirt, I don't know who the designer was, but I love that skirt. I I'm a sucker for anything like sparkly. I love like shimmery sparkly. <laughs> me too. Me too. And so a rainbow skirt. That's so fun. um so she goes in the vogue accessories closet and this is like heaven for carrie and uh she finds manola blonics mary janes and she's like i thought they were an urban shoe myth (laughs) (laughs) um and this was a bummer because then we see julian try to make a pass at carrie and i was just like he was such a i thought he was such a cool character i just I think it would have been more interesting if he was faithful to his wife and, and just like a really cool, fun character at Vogue instead they had, you know, they did this. So that was kind of bummed out about that. Yeah, I agree. I also feel like it didn't even fit with like a a popular trope. Like I feel like if it's some sort of like politician or something that would make more sense but like he's a vogue he's around beautiful women all the time and i would hope that like it's he he doesn't do that all the time like part yeah i just Mm -hmm. i and i also didn't get that vibe from him yeah so it was weird yeah i i didn't like that um so she's just gonna be working with enid now (laughs) and uh, she tells her shoes i know and uh, they, at the end, they say you have to play the hand we've been given and accessorize the outfit we got. Yeah, I love that line. Yeah, that was good. Uh, so I would give this one. Mm, I really liked the Miranda and Charlotte stuff. Uh, I give this one an eight, I think, too. Yeah, I really liked this one. Um, Maybe 7.5 yeah, for Julian. Oh, yeah. I didn't like that. No, thank you, Julian. Yeah, I would give it an eight or an 8.5, but yeah, I didn't, I don't think that plot line was necessary. I mean, mm-hmm. I liked him. I didn't think it needed to end like that. Welcome to the Pilot Podcast. My name is BJ. And my name is Me Too. And we promise this promo is worth it, so please don't skip ahead. We're two judgy friends who put our judgmental skills to work for you. We review the pilot episodes of new and popular shows and shows that our listeners request to answer your question, should I watch this? Look, a lot of us are spending a lot more time at home, and yes, we should be reading and trying new projects and enriching ourselves, but does anything beat binging a great show? Let us take the guesswork out of deciding what your next show will be. Tune in to The Pilot Podcast at thepilotpodcast.com.
So the next one is I Heart, uh, I Heart NY. And this aired on February 10th, 2002. Yes. So this was after, this is the first episode where they acknowledged 9-11 in this. Obviously the title, but then the, the ending card and um, the tribute to New York. Oh, I was in my feelings for this one. <laughs> yeah. And basically, uh, Carrie calls big. She's feeling lonely. She brings over a pizza and there's no furniture in his apartment. He's moving to Napa. He's bought and, a vineyard. You know, if you're tired, you take a Napa. You don't move to Napa. <laughs> yeah. When she says that, I laughed. She's so cheesy, but I love her. <laughs> yeah. But do you, don't you feel like that eventually most people kind of burn out on New York in the, and end up moving? There's not that many people that really stay there forever. Okay. Here's what I think is interesting. Yes, I agree. I think, I think that you have a lot of people that move to Connecticut. You have a lot of people that just like do a complete change, like, yeah. like Napa or like Denver. I could see that. I guess for me, I always thought big seemed like a lifelong New Yorker. Yeah. And you also do something like see people move to Long Island or yes. Queens or something like that too. But, uh, but yeah, he does seem like somebody who, who it's surprising because you would think that he could just have a house in Napa and in New York. I know he's Mr. Moneybags. Yeah. So why, I don't think he would ever get rid of his apartment. I mean, he's literally writing out 30 K checks without, without batting an eye. Yeah. Uh, that, <laughs> uh, he's, I mean, are, are we ever really sure exactly what he does? I'm so confused. He's like an investor or something. Yeah. And she went to his office. I'm so confused, but well, Rachel, that's a good point too. Like, even if he didn't keep that apartment forever, which I think he could, he could rent it out, whatever. Um, and you know, or just leave it open for when he comes back. I don't think you would sell your apartment before you even got out there for at least six months and knew that you liked it, you know? Yeah. I think so too. I it seems like there would have to be something more than just I'm tired of New York, like more of a catalyst that uh uh, you know, he's just broken up with this willow lady, but that wouldn't really have that much to do with New York. No, no. But Although it does give us a great reason to celebrate all things New York. So it is yeah. a great plot device. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And uh, Carrie goes through his record collection and she's kind of making fun of him about it. Like, oh, look at you being so old school with these records. And, and now you wouldn't even give it a second thought. Like vinyl is such a thing. Vinyl's so cool now. Yeah, those those records are probably valuable. Yeah, sure. But he has uh, Moon River, which is one of my favorites. I love that whole I song. Do. Yeah, it's so beautiful. I mean, Brooks of Tiffany's is one of my favorites as well, and so it's it's just it's such a beautiful song. Uh, to me, it's right up there with um, uh, "Somewhere Over the Rainbow." Oh yeah, like my favorite songs. Um, and so that was really sweet with with big and Carrie dancing to moon river. I mean, you know, I get frustrated with big and Carrie, but these two in this episode, it's ultimate big and Carrie feels for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think you needed to do this because you you're just feeling kind of sad about the whole Aiden thing. And so we needed to kind of remind everybody that she's still got big. She's still still, big. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's a really, 
great song. And that was a sweet moment. And uh, then, yeah, and they said that, that, uh, that when the girls are talking, they that, that going out of business sex is great. That's funny. And Carrie says that she's different now. Big and I are different so that they can do this without all the feels. And Charlotte is just like, don't do it. What are you doing? And Charlotte always thought that Big and Carrie would end up together. I thought that was very telling and very sweet of Charlotte sort of always knowing that that Big and Carrie, even though it is a bit of a toxic relationship, that they are like mm-hmm. inexplicably intertwined. Yeah. yeah. Did you think that, so Carrie is wearing this weird, large pretzel necklace. I thought it was okay. so strange. Okay, so I was actually obsessed with that necklace. <laughs> it shows what terrible taste I have. <laughs> There's a reason that sometimes I'm a Carrie. I just thought that was such a cool New York type necklace, you know, like with, with the pretzel. I just was yeah. like, that, that's a cool, fun necklace. Was it weird? Yes. It was so I like, yes. big. I think it was part of it. It literally it was like the size of her fist. It was a large necklace. Okay, so to be it was like, fair, what is she joining a gang? Like this is so big. She had another big necklace the week before that was like eight rows <laughs> of pearls and like another thing. And it's like, Carrie, this all would look good if it was just a teeny bit tinier on your teeny tiny body. Yeah. <laughs> so funny. Um, so she asked in her column, can you make a mistake and miss your fate? Um so then Charlotte is asked out by this museum patron and who keeps going on her tours because he likes her and I forget his name, but he was extremely attractive. I thought, Oh yes, he was. And if he wasn't such a defensive person, Eric. Got more dates. Eric was his name. Yeah. Let's see what he's done. Terry Maritos Maritos. Oh yeah. He's, he's busy. He, uh, <laughs> a bunch of stuff, NCIS Los Angeles, SWAT, um, 911. Yeah. Work an actor. Work an actor. Yeah. Putting it out. That's Sex great. The city, they don't mess around. Even <laughs> people with the tiniest roles are working actors. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I thought he was very attractive and uh, i i thought that they had good chemistry i did too when she brought him back to the apartment though that was like so startling that he was so angry like yeah it was it'd be one thing to be a little bit like oh this is intimidating but he was like on fire about almost how angry and insecure he was about yeah he's like you're rich what is it and yeah (laughs) like i mean he's not wrong she is rich, but that's not like a character defect. It doesn't automatically mean she's like Ebenezer Scrooge or something. Like, what? Right. Well, I think he was thinking that he felt so insecure about where he at, is at in life, but it's just unfortunate that he let that trigger him so much. Yeah. Yeah. So that's too bad, but he was very, very good looking. We'd like to take a second from this episode of the podcast to celebrate our sponsor of this episode, and that is the Hallmarkies Patreon. Do you love Hallmarkies podcast? Do you want an inside scoop into what happens on the podcast? 
Do you want early access to episodes and loads of cool perks? Now is the time to become a patron of Hallmarkies Podcast. By becoming a patron, you get to access our patron Facebook group. You can request episodes or even be a guest on the podcast. And most importantly, any patron can join our monthly movie watch-alongs with stars like Paul Campbell, Natalie Hall, and more. It's as low as $2 a month to join in and become a special part of the Hallmarkies family. Please consider, and we will love you forever. Go to patreon.com slash hallmarkies. That's patreon.com slash hallmarkies. Jerry takes Big on to dinner and then to buggy ride on Central Park. And he's like, I can't believe that we're doing this. Um, and evidently, Carrie doesn't know how to operate a cell phone. She has this, she has a cell phone from Miranda and she's like, I don't know how to do something like it's a flip phone. I mean, it's not even like what this was another one of these moments that I thought of you and I talking about how she's like, What's an email? <laughs> and uh, and so also Samantha uh is getting super jealous over everybody that is interacting with Richard. And so she puts on this Raquel Welch wig and and spies on him and i i looked up it's a real thing raquel welch wigs really? uh, a real thing yeah I mean, she yeah. looked amazing yeah i guess it's a they has actually really has a wig line <laughs> even today to this day it was not real it, i mean it was fabulous yeah yeah uh so she's super jealous and and so the carrie gets the call from miranda that she's going into labor so big pays the horse and buggy guy four hundred dollars to take to take them to the hospital, which is funny. I loved this scene, and when she gets out of that horse and buggy, and she turns around, and Big's looking like her iconic Prince Charming. Yeah, so she many. That, Thanks for the ride, Prince Charming. Yeah, it was cute. It's so New York. It's just so New York. Yeah. And I mean, I understand that, that Carrie's shoes are, are very expensive and valuable, but I would think they could at least handle some water. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm like, she didn't ruin that pair. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't care if I, if someone's water broke on my $700 shoes, you best bet that I'd still be wearing them. Yeah. And I would just not think that that would be permanent damage unrepairable. No. Water. It was so funny. When her water broke. That would seem like a lot of water. Yeah, it did. For a water break. It was like <laughs> I mean, I've never experienced or witnessed it, but it seemed like a lot. Yeah. From what I've seen on like other shows and stuff yeah, like that. Listeners, let us know if that <laughs> yeah. part of the course. Yeah. So Samantha has bought this painting for Richard, which he obviously doesn't like. Uh, and she she wants him to put it up. Um, <clears throat> she's doing all this spying, and then she ends up coming in with him with another woman, and she destroys the painting. And I don't know, it's just so weird to see Samantha so needy. Yeah, it just doesn't feel like her character in this episode. I am so excited for us to get to the Smith days. Because yeah. I just thought she thrived with him. Agreed. I mean, I think that's what she, she needs someone unbelievably hot and sweet and who loves her a little bit more than she loves him, 
but I could see her actually being monogamous with Smith. That made sense mm-hmm. to me. Yeah. Um, Richard, seeing her this, her neediness activated in a way that feels so not true to this character is hard. Mm-hmm. I And I remember her when she's with Smith, her saying something like, I've never known anybody to love love me like you love me, something like that. In yeah. my mind, they're still together. I, 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 that's yeah. how I think about it. We're going to have so much fun with season six. I can't wait. <laughs> There's so much good stuff in that season. So good. Uh, but Brady is born and he's like the biggest baby I've ever seen. He was like six baby. months old. Like what? Big baby. That is not a newborn in any now. way. It made me laugh. Uh, I, and she says, and just like that, life comes in and things begin to change. And oh. so that was very sweet. When- when Miranda said that she was naming him Brady and Steve started to cry. And then Carrie was like, no, Steve, no. I was just like, I'm crying now. Yeah. I'm crying. <laughs> I'm so emotional. It was really, it was a good moment. Really good. And so Carrie goes, finds the empty apartment with, with Big's red wall there, empty. Mm-hmm. And he left her Moon River if she ever feels lonely. Oh, oh you mm, a plane ticket. Yeah. Oh, cr- tears, crying. Moon River, wider <laughs> than a mile. I'm crossing you in style someday. <laughs> I just want to dance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's so good. Oh, so dream good. maker, you heartbreaker. Wherever you're going, I'm going your way. <laughs> I feel like this is their song now. Yeah. Like it's gotta be from now yeah. until forever. Yeah. They should have, they should have done that when they were listening to, um, uh, I forget what the song was. And then just like that, that they're, yeah. was it cats in the cradle or something? It was yeah, something like that. Was- it was something like that. Uh, they should have done moon river. This is their song. Their song. <laughs> and it's so iconic. Like one of the most iconic episodes of sex yeah. in the city ever. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then at the end, dedicated to the city of New York, then, now, and forever. So, uh, so yeah, this is a pretty good episode, I would say. Uh, I, I mean, the I don't the Samantha stuff is maybe my least favorite. Oh, we also show Charlotte uh, sees Trey with Bunny at the museum. Yes. Yeah. I, that's what pushes her to go out with Eric. She's like, ah, mm-hmm. yes, sure, I will. Yeah. Yeah. So I give this one. Mm, I'm gonna give it a nine. Me too. This is one of my yeah. all-time faves. Yeah. And I really liked Charlotte's dress on the date. It's yeah. a red, like flowered dress with a V-neck. It looked really good on her. Yeah, she looked beautiful. And then it was all a waste because he was yeah, he was weird. He was yeah. <laughs> strange. We don't need to see him again. <laughs> you know, Rachel would go out yes. <laughs> Come on, be in a Hallmark movie. Come on. <laughs> Terry Maritos, be in a Hallmark movie. You need well, to be in we'll one. We're here for you. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> so there we go. That is our thoughts. We finished season four. Let us know what you think about the season and about these episodes. Please leave in the comments or on Twitter. We'd love to hear your thoughts. You can find us at City Girls Pod on Twitter. And Jax, where can people find you? Jacqueline C tweets on Twitter and Jacqueline Collier on Instagram. Great. And you can find 
me at Rachel's Reviews, all of our social media, iTunes, YouTube, and on Rotten Tomatoes. So check that out. Also make sure you're following the podcast, Homeworkies Pod, Homeworkies Podcast, all of our social media. And if you are listening on iTunes, please leave us your ratings and reviews. That really helps us a lot. Five stars. And if you are watching on YouTube, please give the video a thumbs up and subscribe to the channel. We appreciate that so much. We also have City Girls uh, merch at the merch stores. Please take a look at that. They've been doing free shipping. So there's lots of cool sales. So definitely take a look at that. And then we also have the patron group, which is a lot of fun, fun activities, fun uh, Facebook group and other things like that. So take a look and uh, we will talk to you all later. We'll be doing season five. Bye, everyone. Bye.